Hey everyone, and welcome to the Kodakery. I'm Megan. And I'm Steve. This week we're joined by Solomon Ligthelm. Solomon is a multidisciplinary director who has shot music videos for Young Fathers, The Weeknd, Daughter, Prince. He's done commercials for Fox Sports, Puma, S7, and he also has an incredible body of personal work. On this episode, you'll get to hear Solomon talk about his creative process, how he comes up with ideas, and why he likes to shoot on film. So let's jump into the Godakery and talk with Solomon. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Kodakery. Salomon, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us. Pleasure, pleasure. Thanks for having me. Great to be talking to Kodak. Yeah. (laughs) That's right. So did you start out just out of the gate as a director? Did you have some other uh, roles that you took on that led you to become a director? Um, I think, to be honest, I grew up, I guess, in the... um, the probably what you would call the DSLR generation. I, I started um, in the creative field as an audio engineer. That's what I studied. Um, so I studied sound engineering for, for two years and got an accelerated uh, degree in, in audio engineering. That was my interest kind of growing up in high school and doing music. And then that grew into, you know, trying to not, not go the kind of classic tertiary education direction and my dad was really supportive of the arts he knew that I like loved um, music and so he you know they supported my my studies in in sound engineering and I I did that for about a year and a half and 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 got a little bit bored and around the same time the DSLRs came out and I always had a fascination with film as a medium but didn't really see kind of a an entry into that because it was so expensive and it felt like it was such a system, you know, uh, to kind of get into and, and you have to kind of climb from the bottom to the top. And, and so here was a camera that I could, you know, buy for relatively cheap and kind of create images that felt like they were, um, that they had more value than I was kind of used to seeing at, at, you know, with cameras that that cost that much at the time. And so um, I kind of picked that up and, and use, I would say like a lot of my experience in audio engineering, um, I, I would just go out and shoot things um, and put together pieces because I already had the kind of sound and sound design and audio engineering background. So it's easy. I didn't have to rely on too many other people to basically right. kind of put something simple together. And, and that's what they were in the beginning. They were just, I wouldn't say they were tests. Like I think when those cameras initially came out, like everyone was shooting tests, but I was interested in creating ideas. And then that kind of grew and the interest in the work kind of grew. And then out of that, I got hired by a company in, in, um, in Australia and I worked as an editor for three years, all the while doing passion work on the side um, as, as a director. Um, but I guess maybe not in a classic sense um, as a director, because I would just literally go and shoot passion projects, you know, with this small group of people by myself. So it wasn't formalized in any way. Um, the only thing that I was doing in a more formal sense was like editing at a, at a small company, not even like an editing company, but um, really just kind of learning learning the tools and, and how to tell stories and how to communicate visually. And then really the, the door kind of opened with an opportunity here in New York um, four years ago um, or f- four and a half years ago now um, where I, where, you know, all the passion work that I was doing on the side was kind of culminating or there was enough of a body of work to go, well, maybe you can direct commercials. Um, and, and so that door eventually opened here in New York and, and I kind of took it and, and, you know, I wanted to get into a bigger pool or bigger pond where I could really kind of stretch, um, stretch the skills and develop a little bit more. Um, and I felt like that kind of next, um, that next platform was, was commercials and music videos. And so it was kind of a slow start getting into commercials, but yeah, the tr- transition really was, you know, passion projects on the side while editing. Mm. Um, and then the next step was, uh, yeah, it was kind of a, took a while, but the next step was landing an Audi commercial and, and then things kind of snowballed from there. And with that, like, how do you go from like, I guess from these passion projects for some of them, it's just you kind of going out and making yeah. something based on, a song or whatever yeah. idea you had to then now there's like a brand that's like, Hey, we need you to 
share our message through this? And how did that affect how you approached your work in that? Yeah, well, I think I think I had I was lucky maybe in a way in that um, I had so I had done a, bun- a bunch of like shorter mm-hmm. passion projects um, that were done, you know, with like me and my wife or me and one or two other people um, essentially like on set. And then I did a short film. Um, Anomaly, which, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was um, which was like bigger, you know, yeah. um, and we were shooting. You know, I think we shot nine days and there was like a crew of, I don't even know how many, like maybe 30 people, you know. And so that, that step between like shooting with your, with a, like two or three friends right. um, then into something that was a little bit, not necessarily more serious, but there was like more of an army around it yeah. uh, in terms of people on production was maybe like 30 people. Um, maybe it was about 20 people. And then jumping to something that was like that, the first Audi commercial was like 150 people. I remember, I remember driving to set um, on one of our bigger days. It was a four day shoot and I think it was the third day we were out and there was just like caravans and trucks and I was like, oh my God, this is so, <laughs> this is so big. You know, it felt so big and, and just kind of making sure I have my my head on right and to not be kind of overcome with the sheer scale and, yeah. and the decisions that need to be made. Um, you know, and that, that was like three, that was three and a half years ago and I remember just feeling like I don't know if I I don't know if I like have it in me to kind of carry this I was gonna Uh, ask like if you were feeling like I know you went to New York to get more experience but were you like dude I don't know if I can do this (laughs) or did you feel like a like I I got this no no I I I didn't feel like I could do this I mean honestly to be honest like I, I literally feel that still with every project I think um, you know, so, uh, let me put it this way. I literally feel that with every project that matters. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm not sure whether I, you kind of go to set hoping this will all kind of work together because it's all theory until you actually go practically sure. do yeah. it, you know, and especially like if you're trying to push yourself a little bit with every project, there's hopefully some little bit of a project that feels outside of your comfort zone. And, and those are the bits that feel slightly unnerving, very, like very exciting and very challenging because you get to do something new, but at the same time, very, um, very unnerving. And I think for me, it's, it's more about becoming comfortable with that feeling um, as opposed to trying to avoid that feeling. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's, <laughs> I mean, that, that I remember that third day in the desert, yeah. I was like, oh my God, I don't know, just not sure how, um, whether this is all going to work, you know, yeah. um, and then, and then it does. And somehow it, it comes together. Um, you know, I, I, I feel like that's not always the case. Like it doesn't always happen, but yeah, I think it was very kind of crucial for, for that to happen in the beginning, you know, right. where I, where you do realize actually you can like evolve and graduate into something that's uh, yeah. more technical, um, and is a bigger group of people and, I, I hear so many directors talk about that, you know, mm-hmm. um, especially going into features, like how you're sitting there trying to problem solve something and you've got, uh, you know, a sea of people waiting for you. And really, I think the, the challenge is to, to solve the problem and not to get into like, you know, I don't know if you have that, if you remember that feeling of like writing a test and seeing the clock run out and getting so nervous that your mind can't um, oh, yeah. organize itself in a way to solve problems. That's the worst place to get in. And I think it's like calming yourself down um, while you're on a set to literally just like inhale, exhale and think yeah. about the problem, solve the problem with the team that you have around you and then move on, you know? Yeah. It's, um, yeah. <laughs> when you're doing something like, um, like this Audi thing that we've been talking about and there's 130 people, do they find the crew for you? Do they supply a lot of that stuff or is that up to you to find as well? It depends. I think it's it's like heads of departments I usually find. Mm-hmm. Um, so DPs, art directors, um, but then down from that, they usually have their teams. And so, you know, I kind of trust each head of the department to kind of get, you know, to get their team. Yeah, I just wondered if it was like... Uh every time you do commercial work you need to collaborate with like a whole bunch of people you don't know or yeah. do you get to bring on some friends yeah well look honestly i think it is every, like almost every time it's a it's it's a new group of people because yeah. almost every time you 
you're working in a new city um, or it's it happens so often that you're working in a new city that you haven't worked in before um, and so that's a whole new team because usually you hire locally um, for crew um, and so I, I, I try and keep the strategic um, relationships that like the, the heads of department relationships it's very similar um, or, tr or try and you know if I, could, I like working with the same DPs um, or with the same first ADs or with the same producers um, and then we'll travel together usually yeah but usually we, we when we're traveling to a new city you know we're not flying a whole crew in it's usually like people on the ground already right. um, and I try and reuse the same crew if I go to the same city you know unless there was a bad experience which there hasn't really been so far but yeah, usually, usually it's um, it's a it's a pretty tight knit crew that that we travel with, and then cool. we, we work with locally. Yeah, there's got to be some like parallels then between what you're doing with commercial work and what you've done on music videos for say, because you're still it's still like a client based project, even though yeah. the deliverable is a different type of deliverable, I guess. In the yeah. end, do you find that? your approach to the two of them are is very similar or do you find that you come at maybe like the music videos more from like your experience with a music background or just a different approach altogether i think they are similar in some respects and, and and then quite different in other respects like i think um the ways in which they are different is that um you have depending on the type of music video but usually when it's like top end band there's 10 people people pitching on it mm -hmm. um you know as opposed to three people pitching on it there's you know a tenth of the budget on music videos than there are for a commercial those ratios are pretty harsh <laughs> but you know i i think you go after the things that like really move you and also at the prospect of doing something really creative which yeah. you know there's like full usually kind of full license to kind of go and explore um, creative ideas. The other challenge with like music videos compared to commercials are that you usually have to come up with an idea from the ground up. There's a lot of times just like sitting underneath a tree waiting for an idea to drop <laughs> with music videos um, <laughs> as opposed to having something to work off of um, from uh, from an agency. Yeah, that's um, a good point. But but uh, are mus there's no musicians that's coming to you and saying, here's what I was thinking of? I feel like that is pretty rare. You know, sometimes, yeah, sometimes musicians would do that. I think, like, probably the, like, the top, top, top guys uh, do that. Like, they sometimes have creative directors um, that would do that. Um, like, for instance, with the Prince music video, there was a, there was a conversation early on uh, with the... Um, with the commissioner um, that they want something that felt like it was a cultural conversation and so sometimes there is they give you that little bit more yeah um, um, but I haven't had an idea that's like you know that's that's come from the top as in like it needs to be this to the mm. same extent sometimes that agencies have things um, like laid out um, you know usually it's like we taking stuff kind of from the ground up. Sometimes sometimes artists and managers um, have a list of what they don't want. Mm. Um, um, but it's n it's less often that they have a list of like, here is what we want. Um, so, you know, that's great because you get to um, put your ideas on the table and, and you get to kind of um, uh, push ideas maybe that you've had that now might have a home on a certain track. But it's also frustrating when, when um, it's just like, internally frustrating yeah. when you can't come up with an idea you know when you kind of get given the time it's like ah, i just can't solve it you know <laughs> and that sometimes happens as well um, well then it sounds like, like people are coming to you or are hiring you because they expect a certain type or a certain vibe or something like that right. you know so it's yeah. more right. than just like it's like they're they're hiring you for a specific reason. They want yeah. your ideas. They want you to sit under that tree. Right. They don't want you to just collaborate with them on their idea they yeah. had. And that's and they also it cool. seems like they want your look too because there's there's a distinct kind of look that you've started to I don't know cultivate through a lot of your work. That's like this is Solomon style. I mean you you still kind of you have variation within that of course, but like there's there's this noticing like going through your vimeo page for example there's so many like the shadows the way you capture shadows 
there's a distinct look there. So then what is your process for, let's talk about a music video first. Like, do you take the song and listen to it like a million times? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I am, um, so I, I'm one of those annoying guys that have an electric uh, skateboard <laughs> yes. to, to get from Greenpoint to Chinatown, which is where I work in, in, in Manhattan. Um, it's, it just like cuts my commute down by like 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. Amazing. <laughs> and so I'm always like, if, you know, there's always music videos coming or treatment, uh, like, um, treatments coming in or requests coming in. So I'm always like listening on, on the commutes, um, just on repeat mm -hmm. to the track. I've actually found my office not good for ideas. I mean, it's 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 more placeful like when I need to sit down and like put things together um, or like work on an edit or actually like do um, more like almost like brainless work. Mm. But then I try and just like go for a walk, you know, just like try and find the nugget um, of an idea and and in a way be inspired by like the reality of of just being outside and and and, and having ideas coming that way. And then it's honestly it's. It's it's tough because there's there's I do feel like there is no one way that an idea would come. Sometimes an idea comes through a visual. Sometimes an idea comes through a lyric that I hear in the track that I just like take um, further. I think you know just to like use an example, um, the toy video that I did for Young Fathers. I stumbled on an image of King Jamun in a in a in a cot um, and throwing this toy out of a cot and I was like oh great that's it right. um, what, you know, what if I play with the idea of of uh, our world leaders being kids you know which is kind of a silly idea and it it, it almost felt to me like oh I want like I almost wondered whether like some of the other directors are going to think of the exact same thing because I was yeah. wondering whether it's like just too obvious but it turned out like that was an idea that the, that the band liked and. You know that that was kind of the genesis of that idea. Right. Um, the Prince idea um, was actually I had uh, I had written an idea about uh, a husband passing, like a, an old couple in their seventies um, passing and leaving his kind of widow um, in this life, and him uh, seeing his the grief of the widow from the afterlife. Um, and I kind of pitched that idea and. You know, when I, when, I, when I mentioned earlier, I kind of put as a side note, like, you know, here's potentially how we can kind of make the story um, something more. Because I had conversations with the commissioners about the type of story they wanted to tell. They they liked that idea, but they thought maybe it's more poignant if it was a, the story of a son uh, mm. trying to co comfort um, his mom uh, who died at the hand of, of, of gun violence. And so it, there, there is no kind of one way, I feel like... Um, uh, that it kind of comes to me, but I do know it involves a gazillion listens, basically. Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's got to be a little... Well, it would make me nervous. Not nervous, that's the wrong word. But there's nothing that you can, like, solely rely on, is what you're saying, no. basically. There's no formula. Yeah, yeah. Like, you can't like, repeat well, it over I and hope over. it comes. Yeah. yeah, well, that's the thing. It's totally nerve-wracking. <laughs> it's totally nerve-wracking. I'm, I'm, I'm always like, man, I, I hope I can solve this. You know, yeah. like... And, and and that's why like I'm even finding my my yes I'll engage with this project like especially music videos like with with music videos I'm I'm usually like no I just I just can't feel it mm. if the track's good like usually I'll engage because I'm like I need to like I need to come up with an idea for this track but if a track isn't like as obviously drawing me in yeah it's it's a it's a little bit harder because really you are just like hoping for something to drop and it's just this ephemeral thing that you just don't know if it ever will <laughs> yeah yeah totally um we should just jump into this there's a tie-in here between uh your work and us and one of the reasons why we're having you on the podcast um you've shot many of these projects recently especially on yeah. film and there's just been like a streak i feel like I don't know what at one point it must have been like two years ago that I just started noticing you shooting more and more on film. Right. What caused that? Yeah. 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 What? Great question. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, I think I I did a project called Mr. Martyr with Zach Spieger um, in yeah. France. And um, it was that and and 
bits of the medicine film for for right. daughter um, bits of that was also shot on 35 and but particularly particularly the mr martyr film that we shot on 16 on hawks um mm. i remember kind of getting the dailies back of those and really feeling like this is the type of the type of content that i've wanted to shoot for years and it's and it looks the way i want it to look without really maneuvering the footage in any way you know right because um, i would always take like digital footage and put grain on it you know right. and i would always take the digital footage and try and kind of grade it so that it looks like it was shot on film and um this was the you know this was the first uh this that was the first project where i just put curves on it i was like bam this is great, great. <laughs> <laughs> and you zach know? yeah interesting yeah, yeah zach is like we we've uh interviewed zach for uh in camera which we have um and he's just known he's out in france most of the time um it seems like but it seems like he's just like an ambassador for yeah. film and like people always say like he's the guy to go to if yeah. you like want to try shooting on film yeah for a project. yeah and i mean I that's think great there's, there's 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 definitely some merit to that yeah. um you know, and and but he's he's a pioneer you yeah. know he like he just technically knows things um, that that not a lot of other uh, DPs know, and I think he's just like optically also kind of created um, uh, that um, perception of him. You know, right. or, or maybe it's not even intentional. It's just like his work is film, and the stuff that he puts online is like film, film, film. And I, um, you know, there's there's part of me that's like, I I've seen the value of having a filmic image like for me it's like it just requires so much less work basically um uh, and and i mean it's 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 work to get everyone on board and right. it's uh, and and there's that aspect of it but it it's weird man so i think there's like maybe three three reasons for why i love to shoot film one is like the aesthetics which we just talked about right. like i i love that um it in post, it's so little work. Again, like I said, it's just like a curve and the footage looks incredible. Secondly, there's characteristics within film, uh, you know, the way you start and stop a roll, or even just some of the, the more random qualities of film that mm. is amazing and useful, especially in music videos. And then one thing I really love about film is it, how you change your approach when you're on set. I think I was really, like back in the day, two years ago, um, I was really fixated about every single little detail in a frame. Um, you know, I could notice um, this, you know, cup uh, standing out or as being like the wrong color or whatever. And you could see all of that with an HD screen, you know, shooting on the Alexa or red or whatever. Um, but I feel like what film has like, um, how film has trained my eye was to really focus in on um, performance and what was happening um, in the frame, what was really important in the frame, right. yeah. um, as opposed to micromanaging details that are actually easy to fix in post, um, not big deals basically. Um, and 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 being on set and working with a film camera, that 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 process has kind of allowed me to kind of keep the main thing the main thing, um, and. Also, it's made me much more intentional with the way that I shoot. And so I don't have hours and hours of footage anymore. It's like, you know, it's it's not necessarily half the, the amount of content uh, or the, the amount of takes that I'm doing. Um, it's just made me that much more kind of laser focused. Efficient, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah mm -hmm. e efficient. Um, and and that's why I've like I've not wanted to go back at all, you know. Um, and and look, sometimes the reality is that there are projects that yeah. have to be shot digitally because of a client stipulation or an agency stipulation. But I'm also just trying to educate, you know, clients and agencies, and and really kind of sell the the aesthetic, you know, of film, especially with um, with ideas that like my. I would say I'd be the first one to say I think my style is just a little bit more gritty um, yeah. than 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 probably like most commercial um, work out there, yeah. um, and so part of that is um, part of that is the film, you mm -hmm. know. Um, and so I've been relatively fortunate, you know, when when working with brands like Puma, they were cool with film, yeah. and was they were cool with film, and um, yeah, it's it's just. It's just an education along the way. Have you found that uh, your 
potentially like hired by some of these brands because of that look like do they want that to come with it like saw this thing you did yeah you know yeah i think i I think sometimes i honestly i don't know often how educated uh, uh brands um or sometimes maybe even agencies are with regards to like the look i think some of some of the and, and this is a frustration shared yeah. by a lot of directors is that we are hired because they like our look and then we can't get things like the lenses that we want or uh, not not for monetary uh, reasons but for aesthetic reasons the lenses that we want or, or or shoot on film and we're like but look at look at all the work that you love right we just <laughs> um, talked to uh, alex ross perry who's a um uh a filmmaker director um and and he just expressed the same thing to us that right. you know uh, somebody will say oh well we want alex ross perry but we don't want you to use your own dp we don't want you to shoot yeah. with film and it's like yeah. what do you want then then you don't <laughs> right. actually want me like the work that <laughs> yeah. i do yeah yeah so you know it's 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 hard it, it honestly is hard not to take that um not to take that personally but i think you kind of have to have like i mean i think for me in this industry and it's only been a couple of years but i'm learning to have like a soft heart and a thick skin and i think the soft heart part is um the ability to to be what's the word like to to be approachable and to be agreeable um and to be collaborative and and really kind of include um everyone in, in in the process um but also to have like um you know um uh, a sense of like resilience you know because yeah. otherwise you otherwise otherwise you're going to be eaten up you right. know and, and 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 what you also need is you do need a fight you know I, I like for film i have to fight all the time and it's you know it's frustrating i think it's frustrating for producers sometimes that i'm like fighting this hard or it's mm-hmm. frustrating for agencies but it does make a difference like ultimately it's like does make a difference to the way the work is felt right you know um and and that's the thing with film is like it's it's a felt thing that's the way i would would, that that's the way i would describe it it's like um you know they can you can try and make um analytical or technical um um comparisons and that's not the way to go about it like it's just like i i can feel the difference Mm -hmm. um and, and that's really important to me. And hard to explain too. And, and very hard to explain. <laughs> yeah, 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 very hard to explain. Uh, because because it's because in some ways it's like Christmas. Every time you get dailies back, you don't <laughs> quite know what you're going to get back. You know, um, uh, because you shot it like a couple of days ago. You know, and the camera rolled, started rolling on this uh, sl- slightly weirdly, and I love that. You know, yeah. I love getting those just. The, the the weird characteristics of film that you sometimes get and I, I you know it's just like the perfection aspect of digital is yes it's suitable for for some projects but for me less so these days <laughs> and how about within film if you were to choose 35 or 16 millimeter what do those decisions do to your creative work and you know why you're choosing either one of them yeah yeah well i've i've been thinking a lot about this lately because i am um, the first camera that I bought, uh, or film camera that I bought, was a 416. Um, after we shot Mr. Mara, I bought a 416, and and I've loved shooting with that camera. And then I shot a couple of projects on 35, and I ended up buying a Penelope and a 235. Um, and the, the Penelope obviously is two and three perf, and then the 235 that I bought was four perf. So I kind of have the spectrum of of of, of formats, um, and. I sh- I've recently shot a lot on 35, and I really love 35. Yeah. Um, but when I come back to 16, and I just watched Guava Island, um, that Lark, uh, that Lark and Siebel shot. Yeah, yeah. Here in or is, uh... It's like, my, that is just unbelievably beautiful. <laughs> yeah. The, the look of that, and so I've, I feel like 16 for me is is um, is a really beautiful format, but. I think it really depends on there's not a lot of clients that would feel comfortable shooting a whole, especially in the like, you know, the 8K world that we're in. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just not an appropriate format for anything that's like luxury right now. And, and that's not based on, 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 on my take. Like, that's just what I would imagine kind of the, the industry's kind of taste for commercial levels are. Yeah. Yeah, for yeah. commercial, you know, if if they want to shoot, um, if they want to shoot uh, luxury perfume or luxury cars or something, right. you know, 
like they want that feeling 8k you know i like i would still <laughs> i would still push to shoot that on 35 you know yeah. but i can understand that there's perhaps an an, an aversion for that but industry you know, pressure to, yeah it's industry pressure and it's kind of crazy that like 10 years ago not even like you know all the car ads well all the ads were shot on film yeah. and it, they look amazing like the thing that i this is another thing i keep talking to like my my um my commercial uh, reps and EPs about is um, I really love the commercials of like the nineties or like the early two thousands, all of them were shot on film. Um, I I partly love them because the ideas were incredibly solid and singular. Like it wasn't just like ticking the box of every demographic that you see in in commercials these days. Um, But also the look of, of, of the films back then, they felt, they felt timeless, and I, my fear is that a lot of the commercials these days they don't they don't feel so timeless because mm. um, they're 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 very digital, and, and and I wonder how how quickly they will age. So the first of- question on our on our list here says, "Do you ever ask how will this age?" And I guess you do. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's great. Well, well, I think I mean I think that's 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 another reason for, to shoot film is like mm-hmm. there's just a lasting power there you know it just uh, feel like film stuff that's shot on film it doesn't make the ideas better absolutely not but i do think um the f- the the format outlasts yeah. um a, a digital format um that's yeah. my feeling that's my yeah. subjective feeling but uh, but i do think that's well since uh, some merit to that since you've switched to like shooting more and more on film has that also changed how you pitch um, for like a commercial or for a music video? Um, does that um, change your approach there? Yeah, it, not so much with um, not so much with music videos because there's a lot of um, trust and leeway there. Mm-hmm. So I think like, the film conversation is always there's a couple of conversations when it comes to film. One is budget. How yeah. does it affect the budget? Okay, that's a conversation we can have on music videos. Um, it doesn't really make that big a difference anymore because I own the cameras, I own the lenses, you know, and the money, the monetary aspect isn't isn't so much an issue. The other issue is, or the other question is the question of um, aesthetic. And so on that, I try and put that in the, um, the treatment from the beginning. I always just go, look, I feel like this project would be appropriate on 35 mm-hmm. um, or 16 or whatever it may be, but it's in the treatment, so it's part of the bid. Um, and usually then there's a conversation um, down the line as to whether the agency feels comfortable with it uh, or the client feels comfortable. But I've also made that now a part of the conversation uh, where it's like, look, guys, here's, here's my work. I'm, I'm very comfortable with the DPs that I work with. I'm very comfortable with film. Um, I think it's the right choice for the particular project. You know, and, 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 and sometimes you get a hard pushback and then there's nothing mm-hmm. you can do. But but hopefully, hopefully with more people shooting film, which I can see it's like it's certainly happening. Yeah. Hopefully the the culture changes within client land and agency land. I I know like I've worked with Wyden uh, recently, Wyden Kennedy New York, yeah. and they were they were pushing just as hard as film as I was. Um, you know, which um, used to be when I started, we used to be pretty rare. You had to ed- educate the agencies, you know, and and they you know they were they were really pushing for it so yeah that's amazing yeah yeah it seems like yeah with a lot of widen's work actually like looking back i I think they were involved in the uh london video for nike that came out uh, last year and like that was a lot of that was on film there was the londoner ad but yeah it's it's really cool that like it's coming within the agency side and they're understanding it and they want that look too and it's very on point that's that's super interesting here I must say the Londoner project was like, whoa, here is a big brand yeah. shooting 16 yeah. and doing the effects. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. Massive respect. Yeah. <laughs> because it can be done, right? Like, yep. that's the thing. Like, it can be done. It just need you need someone that has the trust, the bravery to, to, to trust the creatives, like to trust the director, to trust the DP. And, and when you have that man, like that's when you can kind of really push the boundaries. And right. I think 
like I just I, I, I shot something in Iceland like a couple of months ago and it was like very heavy VFX this is the um, is this the Victoria spot that yeah. just came out mm. this yeah. week I guess um, when this airs it'll be a different week but it came out this yeah, week well, it's, it's aired like it's aired a long time ago actually oh really oh um, yes again a, a director's cut um, ah, that okay, I just okay. had time to like finish now but the 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 process there as well was like you know are you sure are you sure this should be on film because it's so much VFX yeah and I was like, yeah look like some of my favorite films you know that that do have VFX were were shot on film like it totally can be done yeah. and then and then when you see it and like people comment on kind of the feeling of it right. you know the grit of it it's like yeah we didn't we didn't add that in post um, mm-hmm. that that's real that's part of the film yeah yeah it's chemistry exactly exactly it's it's not just ones and zeros it's like yeah it's it's, It's organic it's real organic yeah exactly um one other project recently a trailer for uh, a netflix show you had shot it with uh uh, it was top boy which is coming back for season three this fall but it was shot on was it shot on 16 or 35 it was shot on a mix oh nice oh wow Um, yeah a real mix of man i honestly and i love working this way like especially with music videos like i'll usually just bring my 16 out uh, (laughs) and and i haven't my 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 35 millimeter cameras are so they're not new but new to me um, and so i haven't had really the chance to kind of bring them out on anything that's out of mine yet um but i brought my 16 out for for top boy and um we were shooting on the LTE and the 235 and, you know, as like main unit. Um, and then we shot 16, really like there's a lot of like the, the, the building shots yeah. uh, that I just, some of the exteriors that I shot uh, on 16. And then there's a shot of like a trap house, or, like a drug house um, mm. where I shot on 16. And we chose, uh, we chose 200 T for every, for, for all the 16 stuff. And we, sh- chose 500t for the 35 stuff just to get the kind of the grain structures a little bit closer together and so some of the stuff on 16 actually looks almost looks cleaner um, (laughs) than the stuff on on 35 and so i'd like some people say oh was that shot on 16 i was like no that actually was 35 it was just like it was just um it was just at night yeah uh, yeah. and then the 16 stuff was shot on day and so um i think in that way it actually worked kind of really nicely together blended together Uh, well yeah yeah Yeah. blended together well but like you know what was really fun about that shoot was like the trap house scene uh, we shot one or two shots on 35 on steadicam and then we had to move on to shoot the next scene which i can't remember what it was but basically i just told the dp and the crew you guys move over to the next scene i'm gonna keep the cast here just for like two minutes um and i'm just gonna shoot a couple of like stuff locked off um around the room with them wow and so i was just able to kind of you know take um get a reading on my 16 quickly like two minutes shoot a bunch of stuff but a lot of that stuff made uh, made you know made the cut on that trailer and so it's such a the 416 is just such a great tool because it's yeah. so easy to like operate yourself it's so small it's so ergonomic it's so um the menus are so easy that's yeah it's very very kind of easy for me not a dp but a director to just like put put my my my, my eyes through the through the viewfinder and subscribe so that was a trailer for yeah. a show that had already been happening yes and but it wasn't shot on film the show no. yeah but yeah. you made a trailer on film how did that work <laughs> <laughs> that's a great yeah. question yeah, yeah. we're all so, wondering yeah so um look part of the um part of the agency's brief was that they want something that felt just a little bit elevated from the show mm. um and so part of that was just like subtle, subtle lighting things that we did. Yeah. Um, the, so the, the voiceover, obviously the sound, but then also like the look. And so we kind of sold that through. Um, we sold film through uh, based on their their uh, need to have it slightly elevated. And so um, it, it was kind of funny because it was Netflix, right? And yeah. I heard that like Netflix don't really shoot with a format that, that um, is under 4K, um, and I think that's even changing um, yeah. you know, to be a to be a higher resolution now. Um, and we just said, look, like we can shoot film, and we could 
um, we could scan at 4K and you should be set, you know? And everyone was like, yeah, great. <laughs> and I was <laughs> like, great. wow, that was easy. <laughs> Never happens. And I was like waiting for them to go, no, you can't. Um, you know, Because usually like the rug pull happens much later in the process, but they kept it. And, and we were able to shoot and it was, it was, an, it was a dream, you know? I, I worked with Nicholas Kartz. Carcassonne's the DP. Yeah. Who did Tanya. Yeah. Was a he good shot friend of mine. Film. Yeah. Um, and and I think just having the trust, you know, of a DP um, that shoots features and shoots them on film, and then my myself, you know, and I do all my work on film, you know, I think that was kind of a comforting thing for them, and they they really kind of spoke of Mr. Martyr and uh, and Prince um, as as films that they they liked off the reel and i was like well yeah that was that was all shot on film and like i remember the creative at the end of the, the prince video like you know i think it's uh, like the stop of a roll you know and it kind of flicks up and it's like that little bit of overexposure yeah. and the creative told me like how did you do that you know? <laughs> uh, like, well that was film it's magic <laughs> just let so, it finish yeah, yeah. And, and 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 when the creative was like i hear you guys are like wanting to shoot film like that is so insane i was like oh my god this is great because because yeah. often Often you have to convince everyone. Right. There's like fear, um, you know, which I don't know why, because I've had, you know, I've had cards on the Alexa go bust more than, you know, I've had right. issues with film cameras, you know. So, wow. um, so that was poorly, great. It's just miseducation. Yeah. Like yeah. you were yeah, saying. That's miseducation. It's like also people 10 years ago, you know, they, they just haven't used it in so long. It's like, yeah, but there's a there's a new generation of dps and all the old dps they know how to use film and and this new generation of filmmakers are so hungry to use it you know you just gotta you've got to trust us you know yeah um, but i know trust comes with experience and trust comes with doing the work but that's part of why i've been pushing so hard to to try and like make my reel just more filled with films part of why i invested in the cameras and you know, it's just, I don't know. Again, like I was saying, it's just, you feel it in the work. You feel yeah. it. And can't describe it, you know, more technically than that because, um, uh, you know, maybe in some technical regards, like digital is more flawless and more perfect, but I don't want perfect. I, I, I want... Real. Yeah, I want real. And, 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 and the, With two yes, E's. Like, to that point, I think there is... When you shoot something digitally, you have to do a lot of work to make that clinicalness disappear. Um, and um, you know, and some people are masters at it. Deacons is a master at it. Um, but but when you shoot digital, it's like it, things innately just feel that little bit more believable, like a little bit more like you've like a home video almost. I, that's that's the wrong. Um, and it's maybe the wrong analogy, but like, you know, like a piece of archival footage, you know, again, it's like that timeless, create yeah. a sense of timelessness. And that's, I've always been after that, always, always, always. And now I have the opportunity to do it for real. And it's like the best. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it, it shows and, and we can tell in just how you're talking about it. And, and it shows through your work, like I was saying, um, that there's just, you're drawn to it and the style like it just fits, it fits your, your yeah, style yeah yeah it fits your style so well right yeah um, it's weird I've, I've i've always felt like i've always felt like the the pairing would go well together and, and since i was young i've kind of fought for that like my my i fought for it on i remember fighting for it on audi rainmaker uh, um you know and i didn't win the battle and then i did this commercial for valvoline um and i couldn't win the battle there, but I could bring 16 on. And so I just a little bit of 16. And it's always been like, I didn't, I always wanted like the whole thing yeah. to be filmed, you know, and, and I just had to kind of inch my way there. <laughs> what was the, what was the first project really you were hired for and you were able, they trusted you fully through that you were able to shoot film? Um, the first project was Puma. It was Puma. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Puma was the first. Puma was the first one where, um, where it was the first commercial job where I didn't um, shoot any digital. It was purely film, and that came, I think, partly because of Mr. Martyr. Mm. And Mr. Martyr was more like a passion project. It wasn't even a commission music video. I was just like, 
I heard the track. I was obsessed with the track. I was like, oh. I need to make something for this. Um, <laughs> I had no I, idea. That that's yeah. incredible. And you won a Can Lion for that, right? Or yeah. Two? Yeah. Yeah. And so, and then you know, like, uh, basically, I was doing a lot of car commercials before that. I was I was getting a little bored <laughs> of car commercials, and I was like, I need to. I I, I want to create something yeah. that that's more me honestly and, and and so when i did mr martyr i was like this feels like the most me thing i've done like in a long time and and i did a project called rocket wars and i felt like yeah. that was like the start of what i feel like my aesthetic was um but then mr martyr in some way for me was like this this feels like me and so i, I remember like taking the the um the brief i I found one of the band members um, and I sent them the, <laughs> the treatment and they never replied. So I was like, oh, okay, well, this is going to be a risk. <laughs> but I'm going to go and do it anyway. The song yeah. is like two or three years old. And I remember sending him the video afterwards and he loved it. And they, they put me in contact with their managers and the label and then the label kept sending me um, uh, briefs. And so I did a music, like a, then a commission piece for them. For, the toy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I, you know, a close relationship with the band now. I see them like whenever they're in town or I'm in the same time as them, we hang out or, um, you know, see all the shows. And, and so th that to me was like the first like passion project, like un, um, uncommissioned. Well, actually, <laughs> it was uncommissioned. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, well, actually, like the daughter track was also uncommissioned. Um, wow. And, I, I did that but it's weird man like so from all these things that I did uncommissioned where I like took the risk of like just going after going after it yeah like there's a risk of it going nowhere um they've opened tremendous doors for other things like Puma then came you know and Prince came because it was the martyr and mm -hmm. so all these all these kind of risky moves have paid off and I'll continue I'll continue making risky moves. <laughs> yeah, it seems like a great it's way to push you. yourself. Yeah, yeah, to yeah, try like, new things that you're interested in. Mm -hmm. Exactly, exactly, and and you know, you know, like it's it's really hard to get a break. Like mm -hmm. it's really hard for someone to like um, see your work and then give you that piece of uh, work or to entrust you with it. And so for me, it's just been like I'm gonna then I'm gonna try and um, make it happen myself in a way. Um, yeah. and, and so always risky but i've found always rewarding at the same time well you're you're killing it i mean <laughs> you only moved to new york four and a half years ago right i mean you're um well it just doesn't it's, seem like that you've been doing it for that long and and you're just producing like incredible work yeah right well no thank you i think <laughs> I, it's it is a it is a hustle man yeah <laughs> i mean i talked to a lot of uh, a lot of director friends and they have the same frustrations uh, that i do you know and i think over the last while and look it's like crests and troughs i think mm. this like industry just is um and then you work like crazy amount of days and then you don't work at all and i i, I still go through that it's been a little bit more steady recently but i think uh for me it's the things that the thing that really has changed everything for me has been um doing these passion projects yeah. um because they first of all i get to um experiment um not only with like content and 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 um like what the the pieces are saying or what they're communicating that's different from anything else that i've done before um but also just with form and format so bringing film into the equation was never something I could do on a on a it just hasn't historically been something that I could do on a commissioned piece of work as like a first test mm -hmm. um, and so I had to do it with something that was uncommissioned or more passion um, orientated um, and and building that into my kind of passion project portfolio has been able you know that's how I've been able to bring it into my commercial portfolio and and I still fight that battle to this day um and i i don't know when it will go go away um it won't go away just by me doing it it'll go away by everyone else starting to do it and i and i i can see that the landscape is changing a little bit like i just i spoke to kodak because i just did a passion project all on on my cameras um i was speaking to kodak here in new york and they were like yeah we can't we can't keep up with the requests anymore <laughs> i know that spielberg is, is doing west side story here in the city yeah. um saying that they're extremely busy because of that um but then also just like you know their uh, rec the requests have gone insane yeah. and I, I i did um 
top boy with CineLab uh, in London, and they were saying when they opened um, four years ago or five years ago, yeah, yeah. Um, they they processed 50,000 feet of film, and this last year they did 5 million feet of film. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so, you know, if that's a gauge for where the industry is going, it's, you know, yeah, it's it looks incredible. pretty exciting. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty yeah. exciting. And I, you see it a lot more, you know, used in, in, in commercials and definitely on films. Yeah. Um, but CineLab was telling, like, even even commercials are like it's picking up in London, um, the integration of film into commercials. So yeah. that's super exciting. Let's tell people where they can um, find your work to to check it out your website yeah so it's just my last name dot work uh, or dot tv either one of those works so it's l-i-g-t-h-e-l-m dot tv or dot work and we'll when we share this on social media we'll be sure to tag mm-hmm. you so people can follow along with your work but really uh well thank you for this conversation and we could keep talking about so much more i know but I really hope, I think we really hope that this serves as kind of an encouragement for other young filmmakers, too, that are going through this or trying to jump into shooting on film. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because your process has been an amazing one to follow. And, yeah, I really hope that. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. I hope it's useful for, you know, for, for, for people. I, I had so many... I mean, just a couple of like emails also for like people going, how do I go about <laughs> getting clients to trust me? And it's, you know, sad to say it's like, it's, it's a bit of a battle, mm. um, but if you can do it, um, if you can do it uh, in the right way um, and really use passion projects as like a segue, yeah. that, you know, that, that helps, even if it's like small, like or, that's another thing that I've realized. Like I did, I did a single take kind of camera move, 45 second thing, shot it on film on anamorphic, and that's helped. Um, hmm. You know, so um, yeah, just getting stuff on your reel that's film and doesn't have to be too complex, that helps. Yeah. Cool. Well, <laughs> thank you for giving us uh, over an hour of your time to um, to talk about you know uh, all of your work. It's really incredible stuff. Hope everybody well, checks it out, and we're uh, thank you guys, yeah. thank you guys for having me. It's uh, it's really is an honor to be on the Code Ackery. <laughs> cool. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you guys. Have a good one. Sure. Yep. It is a great satisfaction to be able to speak to you through the medium of this wonderful invention.